And now on Radio 4, it's another, another return of the show business legend, raconteur, after-dinner speaker, and the Doncaster Monthly Advertiser's resident agony uncle, Count Arthur Strong, who, to use his own words, dispenses the advice people don't want to hear. Recently, he advised a top film star, who shall remain nameless, on a matter of some delicacy. And for the first time in 30 years, Edward Woodward can cross his legs when he sits down. Join him now for this week's instalment of Count Arthur Strong's Radio Show. Right, we'll have that uh, tennis racket in there as well. That'll fetch a bob or two at the car boot. It's an antique, is that? Real uh, cat gut, that'll be. Oh, yes, there'll, there'll be two or three cat's guts in that, easily. <laughs> Probably a Manx tabby and um, the one with the squashing face. I'll put that on the label in case there are any cat lovers interested. <laughs> Contains the guts of at least three cats. £20, no time wasters. Oh, what about this? What is that? I've had that on the kitchen shelf for donkey's years. Oh, well, whatever it is, it's got to be worth something just by dint of it belonging to an celebrity of my standing, like me. I'll say, um, Lally Olivier gave me it for Christmas or something. I'll put some signed photos in as well. I'll have a theatrical memorabilia section. I've got that ten by eight on the sideboard of me and Danny LaRue. Um, let's have it here. Oh, I don't know what he thinks he's doing. He looks boss-eyed. Where's a pen? Um, right, that's... Um, greatest admiration to the most wonderful and finest act in show business. Highest regards it's possible to do to you from Danny LaRue. Well, I suppose I should put something on it from me as well. Um, oh, I know. I believe in you, Danny, whatever they may say. <laughs> My legs, Arthur. Well, that ought to fetch a couple of hundred quid. Maybe I should have that auctioned at um, Christie's or uh, what's the other one? Uh, Summerfields. Aha, uh-huh. that'll be Wilf at last. Lace as flipping usual. Yes, yes, I'm coming. I did hear you the first time. Why is it that everybody rings? You're not Wilf. I know I'm not. Well, you should be. It's half past nine. Anyway, what are you playing at, ringing my bell as if there's no tomorrow? I wanted to see if there was anybody in. Once would have been sufficient. The second ring, I feel, was rather willful, bordering on self-indulgence. <laughs> anyway, do you want something, or are we just a frustrated campanologist? <laughs> no, I'm in the area doing a house clearance, and I was just uh, taking the opportunity of knocking on a few doors, you know. I presume you meant knocking on doors in the metaphorical sense, having just rung my doorbell with what can only be described as gay abandonment. <laughs> you do valuations and things like that, then, do you? Well, yeah, that sort of thing, yeah. Right, come in. I've got something I want valuing. Follow me. Mind your head. Oh! On that light fitting. <laughs> right, now then. Where is it? Um, oh, here we are. Um, what do you think that's worth, then? What, the frame? No, not the frame, the photo. Who is it? 
What do you mean, who is it? That one that isn't a woman is me. And that other one that isn't me and isn't a woman is Danny LaRue. Who? Danny LaRue, Mother Kelly's doorstop. What's up with you? I'm sorry you've lost me. On Mother Kelly's doorstep, down Paradise Road. I thought you said you did valuations. Well, I do, but... Uh... It's a collector's item, is this? Look, both of them signed it there. Completely authentic. Autistic. <laughs> Authentic. I nearly don't know much about autograph photos. Oh, all right. How much for one of them, then? Well, I've got no idea what it is. Ah, well, you don't need to know what that is, because when I tell you that whatever it is that one of these is was given to me by one certain Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia? No, not Lawrence of Arabia, you fool. Um, uh, Lawrence of Olivia. <laughs> It's uh, more furniture I do. Well, you never said anything about that when you were on the doorstep masquerading as Arthur Negus. Uh, <laughs> things like that clock there. What, that old clock? It's not worth anything, is it? Well, not really. I suppose I could give you £10 for it just for the scrap. Oh, no, I, I couldn't let that go. That belonged to my dear old mother, God bless her. If I sold that, she'd turn in a grave if um, she'd been buried. <laughs> She was cremated, so I suppose billowing up into a cloud of dust would be the equivalent there for her. I could stretch to 20 if that had softened the blow a bit. No, no, really, I couldn't. Mama absolutely loved that clock. It was her pride and joy. And do you know, I can remember when we got it to this day. Five past nine. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you 30. Call it 50 and it's yours. All right. Oh, no, I, I can't believe I said that. No, 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 I couldn't. I really couldn't part with it. It's been in the family since Queen Victoria was king. <laughs> 70. Done. Here, sign this. Sold as seen. No guarantee insinuated. <laughs> 70 pounds. Very good. Let's see the colour of your money, then. There you go, 70. Pleasure doing business with you. That'll be my friend and close personal butcher. Uh, let him in, would you, on your way out? Mind your head. Ow! On that light fitting. Hello. He said to go up. Oh, OK. Hello, Arthur. What's going on there, then? You selling the family heirlooms off? Do you know, for the life of me, Wolf, I can't remember where that clock came from. He thinks he was getting a late Victorian mahogany long case war clock. <laughs> Well, what did he get, then? I don't know, but it's got Made in Hong Kong stamped underneath it. <laughs> oh, you've got to get up a long time before I do in the <laughs> mornings to catch me coming back from wherever it is I go. <laughs> Have you remembered to bring your video camera? Yep, I've got it with me. What do you want it for? Because, Wilf, I've had a brainwash of how to get on <laughs> the antique roadshow. I'm going to set up a little table up next to the store this morning with this sign on it. Valuations done for a small inconsideration by antique roadshow expert. That's right. And you're going to film me with your video camera while I'm doing my valuings. I'll whack the film off in the post to the BBC and bingo! Watch out, Michael Aspirin. There's a new kid in town on the blocks. Give me five. 
Right, come on then. You make a start unloading this up whilst I pay a visit to the smallest room in the house to see a man about a dog uh, who wants to go to the toilet. Because it's got a weak bladder. If you get my drift, Will. Then we can stop off at Jerry's for a quick bit of breakfast. Hello, Arthur. What are you up to this time in the morning? I'm on my way to, um... Oh, you know, the, um... Not a jumbo sale, the, um... The, uh, the shoe sale one. Everybody goes in the shoes to it. It's cars. Everybody goes in the cars to it. Car shoe sale! Oh. <laughs> you, you mean car boot sale? Well, if you want to split hairs about it. <laughs> it's all footwear, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't pay to be so pedantic about everything, Jerry. Are you buying or selling? I will be selling various valuable pieces of show business paraphernalia from my own personal collection. And also, Jerry, I shall be giving personal valuations for a small commiseration as constipation. Oh, for a small consideration for the BBC's Antiques Roadkill. <laughs> Right, so um, where's all your stuff, then? It's all in Wilf's van. He's gone to get a weekly advertiser. You doing it with Wilf? I'm sharing his store. Well, what's he selling, then? What do you think? He is a butcher, Jerry, in case his meat has slipped your mind. So you're running a meat and theatrical memorabilia store? <laughs> How do you think that one up, then? Oh, it just came to me in a dream, Jerry. All my best ideas seem to... I just wake up and there they are, ready to go. Oh, mind you, I do hope this one doesn't end like the dream. Everybody covered in awful grunting like pigs. <laughs> I tell you, I'll not be eating double Gloucester again last thing. <laughs> Here he is, talk of the devil. Morning, Jerry. I'll have a breakfast, please. I'll have the full breakfast as well, Jerry, with all the trimmings. Two teas? Um, oh, I don't know. I was only going to have one. <laughs> Are you going to have two teas, Will? Uh, no, no, I'll just have the one, thanks. Is there any reduction if I have two teas? <laughs> Is the other one free? Well, I didn't actually mean... Tell you what, I will have two. I, I, I'm always up for trying something new, me. <laughs> Much as I applaud your enterprise, though, Jerry, I will just stick to the one breakfast, if you don't mind. <laughs> we'll uh, be sitting by the window. Come on, then, Wolf. Let's have a bit of your paper, see what's happening in the world while I'm waiting for my two teas and one breakfast. <sighs> Look at that. Bishop attacks childless couples. Well, I hope they caught him. <laughs> That's all I can say. Too much of that sort of thing goes on, if you ask me. Uh, excuse me, uh, Arthur, do you want the two teas at the same time? I don't know. What are you asking me for? It's your initiative. <laughs> How do people normally have them? Well, I, I don't normally... You know, Jenny, do... it strikes me you've begun this special offer of yours dreadfully underprepared. <laughs> Did you not do any market research before you embarked upon it? To tell you the truth, I'm beginning to tire of the whole sorry scenario. 
you, 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 you can bring me both teas at once and let's have an end to it. Right. Dear, oh dear, I've never known anything like it. Hello, can I join you? Yeah, of course you can, Sally. As long as you sit on his side and don't make a noise eating. I've shared a table with you before. I'm only having a tea. What, are you having his offer? What offer? He's doing a special offer. Two teas at once. <laughs> What's the point of that? That's what I've just been saying to him. Is one free, then? He's never said. What, what's the point of it if one's not free? I don't know. It's nothing to do with me. Don't interrogate me. I'm the one that's trying to make some sense of the whole affair. He's done no market research. Technically, I'm a guinea piglet for his misguided venture. It's a flipping shambles. It's like when they did that... Offer they did on vacuum cleaners. Oh, what was that? Well, they did this offer. If you went to America, you could buy a vacuum cleaner. No, that, that wasn't it. Um, if you got an aeroplane ticket to America, you could take a vacuum cleaner with you. And, no, no, it wasn't that. The flight was free as long as you vacuum up after you before you get off the aeroplane. Oh, I don't know what the bloody offer was. But more important things to carry around in my head than sodden Americans and the bloody vacuum cleaners. I'm going to Ronnie Hayes' funeral tomorrow. Oh, that's tomorrow, is it? Yes, it's two o'clock. I've got a black hat for it. And some black shoes. And a black jacket. And a black blouse. And a black skirt. And a black handbag. What are you going as, then, Zorro? <laughs> Here we are, Arthur. Here's your two teas. Wonderful. Have you varnished my wall clock for me yet? Was that Sally's clock? Oh, bloody hell, that's where it came from. Um, that clock? Oh, no, absolutely not. That was, that, was, that was nothing like her clock. So have you done my clock or not? Well... Yes and no. What do you mean by that? Well, yes, I have done it. And no, I haven't. (laughs) What? Oh, I've had a bit of a setback with it, so, you know, just leave it with me. Now, can we change the subject, please? Right, that's all my knick-knacks set up. Should make a bob or two today. Um, Wilf, if you wouldn't mind, do you think you could move your tray of liver a little further away from my signed picture of me and Danny LaRue? Just, just in case some vegetarians are interested in it. It might pay off to show some respect to the idiots. I, uh, I wouldn't want to lose a sale because of your liver encroaching on my knick-knacks. Well, how about if I swap it with the black pudding? The elegant solution, Wilf. Right, well, um, I'm just going to have a wander round before I get run off my feet. See if there are any bargains I can get to resell. Tell my customers to wait here until I get back. Oh, dear, some people have brought some right rubbish. I should clean up today with my gear. Oh, now then. Um, how much is the table? What table? That one. My trestle table. No, my dad's using that for a stall. Suit yourself. I was going to make you on it. Well, it's not for sale. 
What's the car? The Vauxhall? Yeah. How much is that? I'm not selling it. <laughs> I'm not selling it, my dad's car. There's not much point in you being here, then, is there? <laughs> oh, hello, look at that. That's just like Sally's clock. Here, how much is your clock? Uh, that's a Victorian long case, is that? Oh, yes. That'll be why it's got made in Hong Kong on the bottom, then, will it? How do you know it said that? Let's just say I'm of a horological bent. <laughs> Where did it come from? Oh, my dad bought it uh, this morning off a mad old bloke. Oh, really? How fascinating. <laughs> what do you want for it, then? I don't know. He's getting a sausage sandwich. Yeah. I'll give you £10 for it. No names, no pack drill. £10? I, I don't know. Um, I think he wanted more than that for it. It's good money for a fake, is that? When you tell your dad you've got rid of it, it'll be over the rainbow, over the brush, over the sodden moon. Yeah? Well, all right, go on, then, go on. Um, it'll have to be in five pence pieces. <laughs> Hold out your hand out. There you go, love. There's your steak and kidney. £1.90. I'm back, Wilf. How many inquiries have I had, then? Has anybody asked for a valuation? Not as of yet. Is that another clock? It's not another clock, Wilf. It's the clock. I've just bought it back. Could I have one of those packets of bacon, please? Ah, now then, madam. Just before you do your bacon with my associate, allow me to introduce myself to you. My name is Count Arthur Strong. And this morning... Oh, sod it, it's that idiot I sell the clock to. He's coming this way. Wilf, Wilf, I'm, I'm, I'm going under the table. Cover for me. What? You haven't seen me. All right. Whose is all this, then? Oh, what? All this here. I'm selling it for a friend. It wouldn't be him on that picture with that cross-eyed woman, would it? <laughs> yeah, he does look a little bit like that. I saw you this morning, didn't I? Oh, I don't know. When you see him, tell him I'm looking for him, right? OK, right out. Has he gone? What'd you say? <laughs> I didn't say anything. What did he say? <laughs> I didn't say anything. I heard you the first time. What did you say? I didn't say anything. Are you trying to be funny? No, not really. Don't forget, tell your friend I want a word with him. All right, goodbye then. He's gone now. Give me a hand up, will you? Look at the state of my trousers. What are you looking at? How much is that? Oh, you must be a bit of a collector yourself if you've honed in on that. Because that is no ordinary um, one of those. Ooh. <laughs> No, that is a very special one. What's special about it? I'll tell you. That, um, what you're holding, was a gift to me from one of the greatest opponents of the dramatic arts the world has ever seen. Um, oh, what's his bloody name? Um, you know, the one that married, um, the Gone with the Wind, the woman uh, that did that. Clark Gable? No, not Clark Gable. Oh, you know, is one of the immortals... Um, he's dead now. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier, wasn't it, Arthur? Lawrence Olivier, that's it. I knew I knew it. He was married to, um... No, not Bruce Lee, the other one. <laughs> Vivian Lee. I'd have got that if you'd have given me a minute. I gave you a big clue when I said the other one, didn't I? Anyway, he gave me that, Bruce Lee. Oh, no, not sodding Bruce Lee. Lawrence thing, I mean. Do you know, I'd never forget it. It was on the first night of, um, 
Oh, so I don't care. Cut! <laughs> he presented it to me as a token of the highest in which he held me up in. What, Laurence Olivier gave you an hour? Is that what it is? <laughs> What's wrong with that, anyway? Can someone not give you an apple corner these days? You probably overheard me saying I had some windfalls that needed coring during rehearsals. That's just the sort of man he was. Nosy. <laughs> he told me he would have had it engraved, but um, there was an air raid. An air raid? Cats wasn't on during the war. Yes, well, it was a false alarm, wasn't it? <laughs> if you'd have let me finish, you would have found that out instead of making yourself a fool of yourself. <laughs> anyway, look, are you going to buy it or not this apple thorer? How much is it? Uh, give me 12 guineas and you can take it away today. How much? Ten, then. Yeah, I don't think I'll bother. Thanks for showing me it. Five, then. I won't go any lower than that. Four, then. <laughs> Three. Oh, suit yourself. Dear, oh, dear, you can't bloody give them away. Genuine Olivier Cora. <laughs> Some minutes tiring just being on your feet all day. Oh, I'm going to have a sit back there for a minute. Uh, keep an eye on my half of the stall, Wilf, will you? Right, let's have a sit down. Oh, that's better. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this son of York. And all the clouds that lowered upon our house make me think it might rain this afternoon. Sweet Arthur, dear, dear Arthur, it giveth me great pleasure to presenteth you with this apple choreth as a small token of the high esteem in which you are held in. I pray you now, speak a few words. Well, I don't know what to say, really. I, I, I didn't expect all this. I shall treasure this apple choreth always. It will have pride of place on my kitchen shelf. In between the fish slice I won for dial M for telephone and the chip pan Alex Guinness presented me with and Bridget Murray Next of all, I'd like to thank my mother for having me. Arthur, Arthur, you've got a customer. Wake up. Bloody twerp. Come over here and say that. I'm not asleep. I'm not asleep. I'm thinking. Oh, it's you. I was having a lovely dream then. You've got a customer. Why didn't you tell me? <clears throat> Good day, madam. I understand from my occasional assistant and butcher friend that you are interested in making and purchase. Yes, that's right. How much is the apple corer? Ah, now I can see that madam has a good eye. That's not just any apple corer, that you know. That apple corer belonged to no less a personage than Michael Astle. Hey, now then, what do you think? Oh, not bloody Michael Astle, the idiot. Um, Roland of Arabia. How much is it? Well, I did want ten guineas. They're quite scarce of these when they come with a provenance. Ten guineas? I'll get a lot more than that for it if I put it into Summerfields or, 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 or Christine's. Summerfields or Christine's what? Oh, look, just give me a pound for the sodding thing, will you? I, I don't want to pay a pound for it. Oh, have the bloody thing, then. I'm sick of the size of it. Here, I tell you what, have my antique dead cat's guts rackets as well. If I take everything, have the bloody lot. Come on, help yourself. There's something wrong with you. Never known anything like it. 
Hello, Wilf. Arthur. Afternoon, Geoffrey. How are you? Oh, not too bad, thanks. Yourself? Oh, n- uh, never mind how he is. You can do me a favour, you can. Well, will it take long? I've only come out for some batteries. Listen, when you've said you're doing someone a favour, Geoffrey, you should do it with good grace. That attitude ill becomes you. What do you want me to do? Right, you know the um, anti-row show? Yes. Well, I'm almost probably going to be doing the next series of that. Are you? Yes, I am. Anyway, listen. Wilf is going to film me at my valuation table, and I want you to masquerade as a member of the public who's brought something to have valued. You want me to be in the film? Oh, no, I don't think I could do that, Arthur. Don't be ridiculous. Of course you can. Come on, just sit down there. Um, let's have a look. What can I value? Oh, I know. Uh, we'll do that sodding clock. Uh, yeah, hold it. Uh, right. Are you ready, Wilf? Yeah, hang on. Yep. Action! Hello, everybody watching me. Count Arthur Strong here at my vacuuming table. Now, oh, valuing bloody table, isn't it? Now, I've been joined with me by someone I've never seen before, um, or since, who's got something he wants me to cast my experienced eyes of mine I have over. Isn't that right, Geoffrey? If that, if that is your name, because I don't know you. It is. Well, what a lucky guess in the dark that was. <laughs> now, you've brought in this lovely clock for us, haven't you, today? Could you tell me a little bit about how it came into your possession? Um, I, I, I got it, um... I don't know what to say. I can't think I told you I wouldn't be very good at this. I thought you said you'd watched it, you bloody idiot. Say your dad was a plumber or something, and an old woman left it to him in her will when he fixed the toilet. That's what usually happens. Now, come on, let's get on. So, will you tell me a little story about how it came into your possession? My father fixed an old woman's toilet, but she still died. What a wonderful story. <laughs> dear, oh dear, you're a bloody idiot, aren't you? you... It's not my fault. Hello, Arthur, Geoffrey. Oh, that's all I need, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's my clock. Have you finished it, then? Oh, bloody... Look, I'm trying to make a fill here for Michael Aspril. Look, here he is, Dad. Right, we'll have that back, if you don't mind. I'm not having you bind it off my lad for less than I paid you for it. That's my clock. It is not. I bought it off him this morning. What are you talking about? He's varnishing it for me. <laughs> Don't think so, love. I paid him 70 quid for that this morning. Arthur, what's going on? Oh, Arthur, where's he gone? I think he's under the table. <laughs> what are you doing under there? Oh, sod it. Um, I, I've just dropped a contact lens. You're wearing glasses. I was looking after it for a friend. <laughs> Looks like you've got some explaining to do. Ha-ha! Uh. <laughs> got you, didn't I? Got you, everybody. Look, Jeremy Breedle's up a tree over there. Hey, it's you've been fitted up. Uh, what about that, then? Come on, wave into the camera. Say hello to them all at home. Keep waving to the camera. Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Sue Perkins, Alistair Kerr and Dave Mountfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. 
Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at Comedia Brighton, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe, and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production. <laughs>